to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all your favorite books from the Book Talk world. I'm Caitlin, joined by my fabulous co-hosts, Bridget and Hilda. Hi. And today we're back with another book from the Zodiac Academy world. We're bringing you Ruthless Boys of the Zodiac. What? 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 I was like, wow, the, the level of excitement was unmatched. <laughs> well, Just- Caitlin, maybe it's because we're exhausted after the crazy... New Year parties we just had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just at a full-on rager. I partied all night. All yeah, night. In my head. So by the time you guys are listening to this, it is January 3rd-ish. And we'll say a very early, or relevant to you in this future timeline, Happy New Year. For us, Christmas has not happened at the time of this recording. Um, but you know, we're just gonna say, go ahead, happy new year. Happy new year. Happy new year. Happy new wow. year to all our book besties. Love you guys. I was literally gonna say, wow, we are literally like greetings from the past. I we're thought like, ghosts you... of Christmas past, ghosts of Christmas present, the future. I thought you were saying love you guys because you were talking to the men folk in your home who I could very clearly hear mm-hmm. for like two point five seconds. Great, great, great. No, not the men folk. Of course, they decide to get chatty as soon as the recording starts. I'm going to message John. Shh. <laughs> Mama's Rex working. It. Hopefully you can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, a happy new year, guys. And we're we're ready to dive into this book because, man, we love some of the men that's featured in this book. They are famously on our white shoes. Um, actually, Hilda, I don't think you have any on your white shoes now that I'm thinking about it. Just me and Bridget. I think, well, I do have some runner-ups. The thing is, okay, I decided that Leon is just my bestie. Like, I don't, I just, I don't feel that way. Oh, you can't see this, but I'm shaking my head. Yeah, I agree. Leon is my bestie. And then, no, I have other, um, Twisted Sister men. You have someone on your list that makes a, like, a cameo here. So, close enough. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I love Gabriel. I really do. But he pissed me off in the series. Yes, Ryder, but gross. Ryder gross. just doesn't do it for me. That's okay. We'll get into it. We'll yeah, get yeah. into then, it when, you know, when Bridget Dante, takes us through. Dante's cool, but like he's not like Darius. And if like Darius isn't on my list, why would Dante be on my list? Ooh, um, ooh, she's got some fighting words up in here you know, today. But also like <laughs> valid. That's, that's fair. Valid. That's fair. But also um, like, I'll take them all. Now, I will say, we are going to give our spoiler warnings for everything happening in this series. Ruthless Boys is six books. Am I correct? Five. Five. I was going to say five, but for some reason, I I was like, I think it's six. It's just because some of them are a little long. They all kind of blend together. I read these back to back to back to back. Like, finished one, immediately picked up the other one at three o'clock in the morning because I had a newborn when I read these. And so they all blur together for me. So... You know, sometimes we don't follow the the exact timeline in this book and we reference other things, so this is your spoiler warning. If you are not familiar with Ruthless Boys and you're like, what is, what is this series you're talking about? It's fine to pick up as a standalone, but even more fine if you've picked it up after listening to our Zodiac Academy series, which we covered extensively for uh, quite a few episodes. So I would pop over to those and give them a listen. So technically, the series is before Zodiac Academy, but because we tend to talk about Zodiac, Zodiac Academy in everything we do, you might hear us mention some things that might be a spoiler for Zodiac Academy. So just so, to catch all. Yeah. You know, ye be warned. 
I will say. Here's our air warning, spoiler warning. Um, that Ruthless Boys of the Zodiac, Zodiac Academy, and Dark Moor Penitentiary all take place in the world of Solaria or Solaria. Technically, you can read them in any order since they're all standalones. And you don't run into spoilers. You really just kind of run into Easter eggs. I do recommend personally reading Ruthless Boys of the Zodiac either before you read Zodiac Academy or after or after book five of Zodiac Academy. Ah. So I think after book five is the move so that you can totally appreciate all of the Easter eggs that you get in book six and even and then i feel like book seven is that much more enjoyable if you know the characters already so i have to agree with that yeah i was gonna say even reading um gosh now i'm forgetting which book number it is but the one where lionel uh book six uh cursed fates no yes thank you you know exactly where i was going with this Mm -hmm. there's a lot of easter eggs in there so you'll see references to the characters mentioned in ruthless boys the character the main cast of characters but it doesn't take you out of the experience from reading. You're like, oh, when they mention this purple-haired girl, they're talking about Elise. Uh, but they don't actually tell her in her name. So it's really, really fun to spot the Easter eggs. And sometimes you don't even catch them. Like there's some, you know, Hilda, you had uh, gotten me into. Or you're like, did you catch this? And I was like, oh, no, I did not. Yeah, like the Nemean lion. That you're like, mm-hmm. why are they mentioning a random Nemean lion? they mentioned this like six times. I remember I had the same thought. And then when I read Ruthless Boys, I was like, oh, that probably was – and when you I told me, did you notice Leon. the name of the attorneys for Orion? I was like, no, I the did Kiplings. not. Yeah, the Kiplings. Kiplings. Um, they, the authors do such a good job with their Easter eggs. I really love it. I really, yeah. It brings me a lot of joy to spot them. I feel like a fan, like a true diehard fan. It's because we are. We're ride or die, like we Zodiac. Really well, I will say, as we get into it, you know we love our podcast, Wine. This came to us from a listener request who said, you know it would be fun. If you guys told us what wine pairs with this book. And here I am with my podcasting wine. Today, I am drinking a Pinot Noir. Mm. Now, I would say I'd recommend maybe a (laughs) Bagliato. With Prosecco in it. Love it. (laughs) I will say I think I'd recommend a nice Pinot Grigio. Something that's a little, it's good, but it's an open palate. Much like the first book in this series. Okay. I mean, you guys just like, yeah, sure. Pitch I rocks. mean, yeah, I mean, I was going to say I wouldn't drink wine. I'd just be taking shots of tequila. <laughs> a true, that reminds me so much of like a Tori Vega move. Mm-hmm. And I feel like her and the main character could be best friends. So, you know, I'll take the shots with you. Is it I believe time they for have my a musical performance? performance, if I'm not mistaken. A musical I am so excited. Okay, so I just want to clarify. Um, that as we were chit-chatting away at the beginning of the episode, Bridget was like, who here is really good at rapping? And I was like, well, I am, because I'm so awesome at rapping gifts. Didn't miss a beat. She's like, oh, I am. And Bridget and I looked at each other like, oh, oh. I thought that's what we're going with. And then Bridget was like, oh, I have some musical verse for you. And I was like, oh, Oh, you didn't mean like rap gifts? At that point, you already committed, so it's it's happening. I still think that Caitlin should give it a shot as well, but okay. Here we go. This is going to be too great. (laughs) All right, give me a second. Let me cue it up. The suspense. Long intro. Now this is... (laughs) 
<laughs> is a story. Story all about how Elise got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how she became a queen and got the name Altair. Hey! <laughs> Bravo. This mic is attached, but I would drop it if I were you. I music, know. And, music and lyrics by Bridget, produced by Caitlin. I'm just the hype man on the like, <laughs> That was fantastic. That brings me so much joy. So much joy. Well done, Hilda. Well thank done. You, thank you. Thank you. So we're gonna talk about how Elise's life got flipped, turned upside down. Bridget, but she also did. <laughs> oh, she did. I mean, she did several <laughs> times, lot. but like not necessarily in this book. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. I mean, there were. Oh, yeah. In book two, just a quick segue on that. There were points where I was like, this. I'm confused on the logistics of where things are going and where we are in relation to others. Really, but we every do single time. Know, we do know Gabriel's a butt man. <laughs> yes. Am I wrong? <laughs> you're Am I not wrong? to have that. I, <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. Not All wrong. right, Bridget, take it away. Okay, so as Hilda kindly wrapped for us we find out that our main character the female main character her name is elise and this is literally a story about how she decided to avenge her brother's death now her brother gareth um had you know decided to leave home he got into a great school in the area so when i say great school great for that area not compared to the other schools in solaria so he's on his way and he's trying to you know be the big brother go about his life do his thing and you know then he finds out there's trouble at home and what is that trouble so his mom works as a strip club at a strip club and she's also a big gambler and what would you consider like the boss of the strip club she's a pimp you think she's a pimp she's She's not like selling out well okay well yeah i mean she exploits her workers okay so like a madam at like a brothel yeah she's an asshole oh yeah so she basically calls in their mom and is like, hey, you owe us 17,000 17, auras. And now that Elise is of age, you know, she can finally get to it and start putting in she the hours. She can work off your debt. Yeah, she can work out your debt. And Garrett was working there over the summer and he overheard all of this. He barges in. He's like, not my little sister. I'll take care of this. I'm the man of the family. Don't worry. I'm going to pay this off for you. So he heads back to school and he's trying to figure out how the heck is he going to be making all of this money to pay back his mom's debt once again? And so he decides to take it upon himself to go find this money. So the area, the school that he goes to is for uh, the richest kids in. So they live in Alestria, um, Alestria. which is a kind of forsaken, I don't know, town, county area of Solaria where there's a bunch of gang members um and it's basically the town is split up between the oscura gang between the gangs. gang and what is it the something brotherhood the lunar brotherhood it's so you have two rival gangs that mm-hmm. create a lot of gang warfare and it's a kind of like a skeezy town um mm-hmm. but they do have aurora academy which is one of the prestigious fey academies in solaria it's um, a little aurora- bit of the sharks versus the jets in terms of these gang wars they do not mingle they do not enjoy each other they do not hang out so to clarify the mom is a stripper at the strip club as bridget said she has the gambling problem um that she owes to old sal who is the owner of the strip club. 
And so the kids, Gareth and Elise, have kind of grown up in the strip club environment. Um, but they both know that they don't want to pursue that as a career because they want better than what their mother has provided to them. Um, but when her mom goes into debt to old Sal, old Sal's like, well, you know, Elisa's 17. She's kind of cute. She can probably bring in more money than you can. Um, cause Elisa's mom is a little older, probably a little bit washed up. Yeah. Um, I feel like Elisa's mom was like pretty up. woman back in the day, but now she's yeah. a little old to be turning tricks. Like yeah, still I got mean, it. She's, but she's lived a hard life and it's probably starting to show. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what glamours are for, but anyhow. And so then that's when Gareth overhears this happening and he steps in and he's like, yeah, that's not the life that I want for myself or my little sister. And he takes on the debt. Um, and so now when he goes to school, he's to figure out how to pay this exorbitant sum with interest. Um, because the minute that he falls short on his payment, Elise is going to be on stage yes nicely wrapped up thank you hilda yes and also we cannot believe that her mother agreed to this like you said well i don't think she agreed she didn't protest yeah like she waited too long to say no she didn't say yes she didn't say no she just let it be and that's horrible i like to think that she's on drugs but i know she's not i think she's just she's just a bad mom she's been beat down by life and she doesn't know how to fight anymore mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a and- great way to keep her grace usually Hilda, you're not giving grace to anyone so that's very surprising i have a soft spot for moms she's a uh, hof- soft spot for a stripper with a heart of gold yeah a pegasus with a heart of gold and i don't i don't think or like, like her mom- gold <laughs> I don't think her mom was necessarily meant to be like a villain. I think her mom, it's just obvious she's made some really bad choices. She's had bad stuff happen to her, but she's also made some bad choices. And so did the best with what she had, but could have done better. Could have done better for sure. Could have done better. Scraped by, I would say with what she had and could have definitely done better. Well, I think of the time, I think, gosh, it's in this book and I'm sorry, I'm already jumping ahead. But there's like a story that Elise shares about her mom where like they wanted Christmas dinner and her mom was like, all right, hang on. <laughs> Basically like went to all her customers and was like, uh-huh. okay, I'll give you yeah. a blowy if you bring me out a piece of that turkey. And she had lockjaw from all these jobs she had to do to get them a turkey dinner, which. She does try. I will, I will admit that, you know. Her intentions are there. They're just not the most responsible things. She shouldn't have her kids sitting in strip clubs. In the car and be like, hold hold this. I'm going to go. Right. Take but care also of that's kind of just the reality of life. Like this happens all the time. Like we're reading about it in the yeah. book that's technical fantasy and we're like, oh my God, this is horrible. Right. This will never happen. But this shit happens all Alestria the time. kind of reminds me of Gotham City. I was just about to say that. You started saying it. <laughs> I was like, Rita. Gotham. Really? It's Gotham City where it's like this. It's a city and you have extreme wealth. Like you got the Bruce Waynes and the family that are doing really well. And they have a mm-hmm. nice little school and foundation. But then you have the mean streets where the crime lords are just running amok. And everyone's like, man, I love this city. Even though it's disgusting and gross. And there's homeless bums everywhere. I was going to say it reminded me more of Vegas. Interesting. Well, I've never been to Vegas. But so. not like the nicer parts of Vegas, but like the scummier parts of Vegas. Mm-hmm. I feel like no matter where you go, you'll always 
you know, cross the line without even realizing you crossed the line and you ended up in a bad neighborhood. Just think like that, just worse. And then an, an entire tri, I would say it's like a tri-city area for me. Like it's a bigger area than a neighborhood. So it is like a tri-state area, based, a big city. I got the same big city vibes. Yes. And so the rulers of Solaria or Solaria. Alestria. No, I was talking about oh. overall, like the heirs and the counselors. Um, they basically let that city run itself. Mm-hmm. They think at this point, it's better to let them just do their thing. They stay out of their way. Eventually, they're going to end up killing each other. And that is something that they don't have to deal with. It's just going to, you know, keep going around in circles, which it has been. So they have rulers, but they don't. Like they they're really turn a blind eye. I think self-contained, self-governed yes. in their um, Alestria way. Yeah, because I mean, the city is basically split up between the two rival gangs and that's it. Like those are really the rulers. Again, you have the Skura clan and you have the, the Lunar Brotherhood, Brotherhood Party. The Lunar Brother, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Brotherhood Party. <laughs> <laughs> I was just reading my notes and that's what I had. The Donner Party. <laughs> Um, so you do have Alestria, and think of it like when Hogwarts plays another school in. <laughs> you know, I'm always going to tie it back to Harry Potter. Are you sure the, the authors tie it back to Harry Potter as well? So they have oh, right. rival schools. Yes, and so and they have Zodiac Academy would be a rival school, where Zodiac Academy would say be favored to win a pitball game versus the rough and tough, scraggly brunch of. Um, yeah, it's like Alestria is kind of like the inner city, except the entire city is the inner city. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So now we know where we are. Yes. Um. So Gareth goes back into school and he's trying to figure out how he's going to make this money. And he decides he's going to start working for the gangs. But before we jump into that, so we find out that his mom owes some money. He decides to go ahead and take upon that debt and he's going to pay it back. And as he goes back into school, he runs into the bathroom and he's using the facilities and he runs into no other than our famous Ryder. So Ryder Draconis is in the bathroom. He is basically a freshman at the university. He is fresh meat. And you would think Garrett being an upperclassman that he would be more powerful, but jokes on him because he is actually the head or the heir basically of the Lunar Brotherhood. I want to say he's actually ruling it, but he has someone who's working as his top person while he's in the academy because he has to get go to class to become the best of the best. Yeah, he's the boss. He's the boss. He's the boss he's man. The boss. He's a hot boss man, but, you know, he's still a student. Uh, uh, Teach his own. You guys know how I feel. I mean, I don't, you know, yeah. Snakes aside, he baby Baby snake with top hats, love that. You're like, basilisk? Not yeah. like that. No. Um. So he runs into Ryder and they have like a little power show off and he's like, okay, I'm out of here. I'm getting out of here. He goes back into his room and he finds Ryder in his room and Ryder is in his fae form or his like magical form, which is a huge ass motherfucking snake. I do Why not like snakes. I didn't he hear is. you. What were you? What did he you say? He is a huge ass motherfucking snake. Thank you. <laughs> Thank there you. We go. It's, it's 2023. Bridget, you can <laughs> curse. You know, I like not to like. I like to warm into it. By the time that ends the podcast, I'm yelling "fuck" in every direction. <laughs> it's not the worst thing you've yelled. <laughs> Seriously. No, <it's> <laughs> 
I am the reason this podcast is rated R. I'm pretty sure it's I, me. I don't know. I'm pretty, it's Hilda. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's me. Um, it's only because you yell out, fuck that guy, like every other sentence. Okay. So he runs into his room. He finds Ryder there. Ryder gets kicked out of his room. But he before he does, he teases him about this journal and this letter that he's received from his little sister, Elise. And he's like, ooh, Elise. And he makes some like vulgar comment. And he's like already, you know, getting pissed off. But what can he do? He's a lesser fae. You know, fays mm-hmm. are all about who has more power versus like who's older. Um, so he goes out and he decides to find a new roommate. And he ends up in another fan favorite he ends up rooming with none other than leon leon knight i was gonna Mm -hmm. say what is leon's last name leon knight and his two mindy so leon is a lion and he has girls following him around left and right because they want to be part of his pride um and they are just like willing to do anything for this man kind of respected but also like that means he's lazy as fuck but so far that we know, he seems mm-hmm. bubbly, fun. He stays out of the way. He's out to have a good time. He takes care underneath his wing, even though I think he's younger than him. I thought that they became friends. They became or that, besties. Or that Leon accepted him as his roommate because he wanted to get on the pitfall team. And so Leon, in typical Leon fashion, had decided to go sun um, and recharge his magic rather than actually show up to like pitfall practice. So yes, for the for the um not practice for the tryouts. Yes, for the tryouts. he did do that. So once Garrett had moved in, he was like, "Hey, you are actually the captain of the pitfall team. I want to go try out." And he's like, "Uh, we already had tryouts. You can't really get in." He's like, "No, no, no, no. Like, let's do this." And so he takes him into one of the games, and he's like, "Hey, coach, like, come see this guy because you know Garrett's." Ca- almost captain and he wants to make his team just as great and he realizes the potential that leon has so this is all happening spoiler alert gareth dies so this is happening 18 months before his death in case i didn't tell you guys so (laughs) surprise um so he makes the team but before that he is in the hallways and i'm just gonna say this just so we can get through to the plot he runs into cindy poo who is a new student and she's asking for directions and he meanly is smitten by her barf um i think her name is actually cindy lou not cindy poo but we'll figure out why we call her cindy poo in later in this episode and after he sends her on her merry way to where she needs to go he runs into none other than gabriel knox who is basically a mysterious mind but he has two power elements um, so he's a powerful motherfucker at school. And also so, a moody little bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Gabriel. That's why I love him. <laughs> because he has two elements. He has earth and I think water. He is the most powerful He definitely has water because he uses it for a little something something, you know? <laughs> yeah. So Gabriel is the most powerful fae in the school. Yes. And as he bumps into him, his papers that he had in his hand scatters and Garrett goes to like bend down and grab and he ends up picking up his bank statement, which is rolling in the deep. It is cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. So Gare's like, wait a second. This man's a little shady. And where is he getting all this money? Because nobody really knows anything about him. He goes, that's it. I'm going to investigate where he's getting all this money and I shall blackmail him into yep. giving me this money. He's a bright cookie. Not like this kid just takes. I know he's doing it for Elise and his mom, but the decisions he makes is very questionable. It's very uh, I only have this one way and I only know the mean streets way. Right. And yeah. so while he's investigating Gabriel, he decides to steal a white 
Jasper Stone from Leon. So a little background on Leon. His family is a notorious night like, family. The notorious night family are, are thieves. thieves. And they are the well Ocean's known for eleven that. team family of Alestria. So and they like hold on to whatever they get and it's their prized possession. So he had this in the dorm room. Gareth saw it, realized that's gonna make me some money, and he needs to make a payment immediately. So he steals it, pawns it to get the money, and he's like, Oh, well, once I get Gabe's money or Gabriel's money, I'm just gonna come back and buy it and then return it. He'll never know. Spoiler alert, he found out. So this is all happening 18 months before Garrett is no longer existent. A couple weeks after that, he decides, you know what? I need more money. How am I going to do this? He decides to approach not just one, but two of the bosses of the gang leaders at school to try to get side jobs with them without actually joining them. Now, the gangs are very much like, you want in or... That's it. You're either in or you're out. If you're not with me, you're with them. And they don't want you mingling at all. So Gareth is trying to play both sides. And somehow he manages to get in. First writer says no. And they're at a party. And he's like, no, I don't need you. And then suddenly, like a week or two later, he like comes up and he's like, actually, I need you to come help me with this thing. And so he's getting paid by them. Um, he goes up to Dante, who is the leader of um, the Oscuro clan. They're a bunch of wolves. Um, but he's not a wolf. He's a dragon. A storm dragon. A storm dragon. He's very rare. So he's a storm dragon born of wolves. And he's Italian. And he speaks Italian. He's very And hot. he's hot. But like, eh. You know, there's stuff left to be desired. Like, he needs more meat on his bones. Personality-wise. No, I like him as is. Oh. Personality-wise. No, like, physically. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's Plenty not, meat like... in all the places he needs the meat. Mm-hmm. Out of all the dragons mm-hmm. in the series, he definitely comes in as number two because Darius is number one. Yeah, because number th- <laughs> and number three is. I think there's I mean, only three we really, really know. I mean, we can no, add in Octavius Acrux, make him number three. So then Lionel's number four. So he's not even top three. Because fuck that guy. I'll really, really stick it to Lionel. <laughs> it's a little list we're doing. <sighs> like he really even. Oh, I would say his little peeny, weeny penis would care about the fact that we put him on this little list. So Gareth is working for both of the gangs. He gets in there. He's doing his jobs. He's still not making enough money. So he decides to continue on his investigation. So we're 16 months out from his death at this point, And he decides to snoop in Gabriel stuff. So Gabriel has a rooftop tent where he goes to recharge because that's how he recharges his power. And he finds- He is these- a harpy shifter. Oh, yes. A harpy. Um, and As they- we know from Zodiac Academy, but- you know, just in case you don't. Just in you case know. you didn't know. Oh, also, Gabe sees like things. He has visions. He's, He's a, a seer. seer. In case you didn't know, now you do. So he is up there and he finds all these fake identities and a dream journal. And he kind of is going through the dream journal and he's trying to piece it all together. But he's also on like a timeline because he doesn't want to get caught. And he realizes he has all these fake identities. Who knows who Gabriel actually is? And so he takes pictures of it and he decides, this is how I'm going to blackmail this motherfucker into giving me all his money. So he threatens Gabriel to expose his secrets, his great big secret of, I know what you're hiding, blah, blah, blah. And Gabriel being Gabriel's like, I'm going to find you and I'm going to kill you. But, you know, this is all happening over text. So he goes on his first job with the Oscuro um, clan with Dante. And it's so funny because... They go to a sex club and Dante wants him to take their principal to the back room of the sex club to get to plant a camera for um, 
them to get some like blackmail on him because he has a kink and he wants to literally fuck a stripper dressed as dragon lionel not even lionel the man in his dragon form wait this is principal gray shine yeah okay so basically dante wants to hook wants to set up gray shine so that he can then have blackmail on him which is a thing dante does he likes to have evidence on everyone to be able to like you know blackmail a whole bunch of people he just likes to collect it i've never been a gang leader but that sounds like a good trait for a gang leader to have you know he's being progressive like he's trying to look out for future things to happen Mm -hmm. that's strategic yeah some strategery any comments on this kink that (laughs) i mean grayshine has issues he does also it's really weird that he's like his lingo that he starts off with the like to speak to his students who talks like a 90s person grayshine tries to be cool but he's clearly not so after this all happens we end up in 15 months before his death and this is the big part here that we end off with the end of the book so leon finds out that someone has stolen his white jasper and he is pissed and all we've known of leon so far is that He's this fun, lovable lion, and he's Garrett's best friend, and he loves Pip-Bon, and he loves a good time, and, you know, he has all his mindies. So this is the first time Garrett has ever seen Leon full rage, full lion. Full tantrum. Um, full full tantrum. tantrum. And he hops in his car that he steals. Garrett is running behind him, Garabear, and he hops in there because he doesn't know what to do, but he's like, you're my friend. I'm, like, outside of the fact that I stole from you, like, I really like you. And he, Gareth is just not putting the pieces together. He's not realizing that Leon is going out there to find the item that he stole and put in a pawn shop. So they show up to the area that Gareth is from. He's like, oh, shit, we're at the pawn shop right from my mom's apartment. And he goes in and Leon immediately is just like raging. He's like, you have this. You stole from my family. And the person that's working behind the counter, he's like, I have no clue what you're talking about. That came in before. I have no clue. No clue. He's trying to like deny it. Uh, Leon basically lights the place on fire and is like, fuck this. I'm out. And he takes his white Jasper and he returns to the academy. So that's where we end the last scene with Gareth. So we're like, shit, what's going to happen to Gareth? Like, is he... Right, so we know Gareth died, and now we have kind of all the suspects in play. Yes. And we don't know who did it. So it's a game of Clue. Yep, a big old game of Clue. You've got Ryder, Dante, and Leon, all annoyed at Gareth for various purposes, and... And as you're reading this, you're kind of like, I think it might be first person, it could be this person. You know, when I started reading it, I was like, it has to be Gabe, it has to be Gabe, because... He's really threatening him. Like, what does he really have to do with the gang leaders? If he got killed accidentally because of gang stuff, whatever. But Elise really so, thought it was and intentional. And so what happens is at the beginning of the book, Elise is beating up a Lorenzo, Lorenzo who is Dante's cousin, but a kind of like exiled member of the Oscura clan. Drug addict member. Um, and he's he's drugged out on Kill Blaze, which is a drug that's literally taking over I would say, like, Kill Blaze is the fake equivalent of, like, meth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, basically, Lorenzo tells her, you know, I can't tell you who killed Gareth. Like, I can't tell you what he got involved with. The king won't let me. Something along those lines. And so, this leads Elise to believe that one of the kings of the school, i.e. Leon, Gabriel, Dante, and Ryder was responsible for for Garrett's death and therefore she decides to investigate mm-hmm. the four kings of the school 
And Elise is not a um, professional detective, so she has really interesting ways of investigating. If which, you catch my drift, which we don't mind because no, we, we don't. love not some at all. spies. So this leads us into our current timeline. Elise has joined Aurora Academy. She's taken over Garrett's spot. She has gone into disguise. She's dyed her hair purple. She literally leaves her mom. Like she sells her mom's jewelry, puts her up into this like home, this fancy home. Or rehab. Or rehab or whatever. Something to- for her to live. A live assisted living community is what I would call it. Um, it's really expensive. So Elise literally left home with nothing she had the clothes on her back like memory box from her brother or journal or letters or something and a pack of bubble gum a cherry gum um so she enters into aurora academy and she is greeted by none other than leon immediately leon met him he is blonde he has medium length hair he is a heartthrob he's flirty he you know who wouldn't love him it's like an abercrombie model and he is charged with taking her around the whole school. Clear off the bat, he's like, hey, welcome. We're going to have to ask this. These are my gals, my Mindy's. And he calls them Mindy's because I think one time he had a girl named Mindy and that wanted to fawn over him and do all these stuff. And then he's just like, I can't be bothered to learn all of their names. So they're all just Mindy's. And you can tell he's already taken with her because he's like, you're kind of interesting. And he obviously likes her already. And so he is being flirty. He steals whatever she had in her pockets. And she's like, what the fuck? And she's being her like badass self. And she's like trying to make a name for herself. So she goes through the tour. It was absolutely shit. She still knows nothing about the school, but he drew her a map. So, you know, the tour was worth it. And he gets to meet, she gets to meet Leon. She ends up at her room and she walks in and boom, we are met with two kings and her extra roommate. So we meet Dante and Gabriel for the first time. And then her third roommate, Lainey, I'm going to call her Lainey, um, who is a sphinx. I say Lainey. I say Lainey too. What would the other option I think be? at one point someone said we were wrong. I just listened to audio and they said Lainey, but in my head, like originally, I thought it was like Leonie, Leon. Yeah, Leonie. you're wrong. You're of wrong. course I'm wrong. I'm always wrong. <laughs> I don't know why I must add all these extra vowels and stuff like that to these words. Um, but Dante immediately sees her and he's like already like, whatever the words are, me or something, just calling her like my girl, I'm pretty, whatever. And he's like hitting her like flirting strong. And she's like, I got to make a name for myself. So she goes up because everything in this world is, you know, Fay on Faye, you got to be the strongest Faye. You got to figure out like your place and that's where your place is. So she's going in there to make a show. So then she quickly realizes that she is no match for them. And she just hops back onto her bed and we go into the first class. Her first class is potions with Titan, which is in the basement. Um, and as soon as she walks in, she sits down and she makes contact, eye contact with, you know, heartthrob writer. And she doesn't even realize that she gets sucked into one of his visions. And Hilda's making faces at me because she doesn't think he's hot. Okay. I wouldn't call Ryder a heartthrob. If you like dark and gloomy and just gray. I would say say that he is definitely like major bad boy. To me, that's hot as fuck. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But that is not like heartthrob. Uh, My heart is throbbing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> definitely major bad boy definitely kind of an energy we were like mm, you're a lot like this like, is with major your moodiness. dark sexy yeah. yeah if i would have walked into that class i would have like sat with all of them and just been like you 
You know what the energy of Ryder reminds me of and not physically resembling this at all? But you know the guy in the breakfast club, the like the one with like the jacket and I know I could remember what he looks like, but I don't Yeah. That's the energy of Ryder. Where he's the bad boy, he's mouthing off in class, he's like, I don't really give a shit why I'm here. Just keep chatting and write the papers. Give me an Well, he's not even mouthing off at all. He just keeps to himself and he's literally just like, I wanna get the fuck out of here. Like he does his classwork and then he well, doesn't writer. really talk to anyone. Yeah, writer. Yeah. So my heart throb, not anyone else's. <laughs> hey, he's on – I think he's on my white shoes. He was at least top five. He's definitely up there. He sucks her into a vision and immediately starts, like, vision fucking her, which I was like, ooh, spicy. And she's that like, an what? excellent word. What is happening fucking. here? Because – a basilisk can like entrance you into uh, I kind of, you know, like Jungle Book when like the snake's eyes just start turning. Yes. Like, that's what I'm he basically hypnotizes her, yes. and then he is able to force her to like see whatever he wants, and he can create the entire vision. So of course he's like, "Hot new girl, um, why not?" And, and like he- it's basically writers. He just does a couple times where he kind of takes you into what I like to call writers' red room of pain. <laughs> yes he it's his way of like making everyone known that he's the most powerful fae in this room and And he likes to make people i think uncomfortable he's like he wants to see you squirm because that's where he feels the most powerful also his part of his like gift he in order to like receive a replenishment of his power he must like feel pain or give out pain or something like that so this is his way of doing that without actually punching someone in the middle of class. So she gets sucked in. She's like feeling it. And she's like, wait, what's going on? And Dante comes up and he breaks the trance by like waving a book in her face. And she's like, wait, what just happened? And she just learned the hard way who and what writer is able to do. Um, and then she's feeling, you know, like she's lost some magic. So she immediately just like jumps on Dante, given the position that he sat next to her and drank from him. In the middle of the class, Titan calls her up. So this is the first class she's had. And he's like, hey, I want to make sure you're all caught up. You're coming from a different school. This is a higher pace. I want to make sure you're off to a good foot. Um, so she pairs him up, her up with, he pairs her up with a classmate to work on potions and do homework. And guess who it is? It's Ryder because apparently Ryder's the best at potions. Apparently he really likes making potions. She's like, okay, I guess this is happening. He's like, no, I don't want a class, uh, like a, a person, a partner to work with at all. So class ends and in the middle of lunch, he goes out out of his way and buys her an orange soda and she just drinks it and throws it in his face. So he's pissed, setting off, you know, getting off on the right foot with these kings, this girl. A week later, we have Gabriel who's going through all of her shit in her room and he goes up and he tells her. And so this has become a thing between them and she gets really pissed. She's like, you can't go through my stuff. And he goes, oh, well, I can do whatever I want. I'm most powerful. She goes back into their room later that day and she goes through his stuff and leaves a note because now she's just going head to head with them. Later that day, she sneaks into Leon's room because she's like, my brother lives with Leon. He's one of the suspects. Even though I really like him, I need to go find out what's going on. She ends up finding a secret little passage that Garrett had put his burner uh, atlas, a journal, and three vials of kill blaze. And she immediately was like, why would my brother have these drugs? He's not a druggie. What's going on? And Leon walks in and catches her. I think also the thought, the reoccurring theme is like she doesn't know Gareth as much as she thought she did. So she keeps finding these clues to him like all with all this kill blaze. She's like, he's not a drug addict. He's never done a drug in his life. But here the evidence is suggesting otherwise. So is he selling it? Is he 
taking it? Is he dealing it? Like, what is yeah. and did either the- neither of these things add up to the brother she knew, and she's not sure of his motives why he went on this path. Oh, I think we also forgot to mention that he, everyone said that he died from an overdose of Kill Blaze, but she suspected it was foul play and that he was murdered, and that's why she's on this vengeance quest. Like, she's gonna find out who killed her brother, and she knows like he didn't do drugs and whatever, and that. It was not a possibility, so. Oh, what I was going to say is, like, didn't the FIB try to convince her that it was, you know, a Kill Blaze thing? Yeah. But she was like, yeah, no, that doesn't add up. It's so wild. But, I mean, good for her. But now she's she doesn't know her brother in this academic life that he's had. She doesn't know any of the connections he's had because, to her, he's Gear Bear, lovable big brother who is the knight in shining armor who would always just be around to take care of her. And then we find out he's up to other things. And we she doesn't know why yet. She still hasn't found out that he's doing it all to protect her. So while Leon catches her in the room, she decides to come up with this like excuse of why she's in there because she can't tell him that she's Garrett's sister. And she's like, I want to try out for Pitball. How familiar. Sounds like something else that happened with her and her brother. And so she's like, He's like, okay, you want to try it for pitball? Let's go. Let's do this. So he takes her out to the practice and he puts her in this tight ass little uniform and there's no coach at the time. So he's basically running the practice because after Gareth has passed away, he became captain and Dante apparently is on the team. And so she runs some balls with Dante and she makes the team. And then Leon's like, hey, come on, let's go. I got to go talk to you. We got to discuss things. And he pulls her behind the bleacher and starts making out with her. So you know, just casually making out with the people that you think are suspects for your brother's murder. Whatever, girl, you do you. You do you. Just I will say off the bat, she does have an intense attraction to all of these men. So she's in her own head and very confused while, oh, he's a great kisser and he's so hot. But also, like, he may have killed my brother. Got to keep that in mind as I keep navigating this world. It's also one of those things where, like, I have to get closer to the knights, and the best way I know how to do that is to use my body to yes. my advantage. But I don't think she was expecting to feel such strong feelings towards them. And so that happens. She carries on her merry way. She's like, deuces, I got to go. I have things to do. And he's like, uh, you, we're not going to finish this. And she's like, no, bye. Um, she takes off, and she goes, and because she wants to get back to her phone because she needs to go through the messages that were on the secret phone that Gareth had had. Um, and she finds these messages from none other than King. So we still who have no clue who the King is. She decides that she realizes that Gareth was meeting up with the King and they had a monthly meeting. Um, and so the monthly meeting time was coming up. So she decided to take upon herself to go figure out who he's meeting with. And she runs out and she ends up in the courtyard and the bleachers. And instead of running into the King or who we, well, we don't know who the King is. She runs into Writer. At this point, I was like, Writer is there at the location that you were going to go meet Suspicious. the king. Suspicious. One plus one equals fish? No? Like, Elise, what are you thinking? Um, but Elise takes it upon herself to go ahead and tackle him and drinks his blood. I'm pretty sure he vision fucks her again. He does that a couple times throughout. Yeah, he does. It's kind of it's kind of annoying. Ah, <sighs> yes. He vision fucks her and then she overpowers, she takes over him and then drinks his blood. So just that like display right there, you can tell she's pretty powerful because she was able to break the trance from Ryder and then drink his blood afterwards. And you know, Ryder likes pain and he apparently I mean, likes her and he's like, ooh. I think it's worth this- noting too, Elise's family dynamics are a bit different. So I don't think her and Gareth share the same dad. They have separate Mm-mm. dads. They have the same mom. They have the same mom. And 
both of her her mom and her brother are unicorn pegasus pegasus, pegasus. thank you pegasus i'm like the unicorn's not pegasus. right why did i just say that um they're pegasus shifters and so she's the only vampire in the family so she didn't grow up kind of knowing or being around that the origin story behind her dad is uh mysterious to say the least he's a mysterious powerful vampire and that was literally like all we got Right, and that's where we presume Elise gets all her vampire strength from. Oh, speaking of Elise's background, so Elise Garrett's dad um, was their mom's love of her life, and they were together, they were having a baby, and then he gets his divine moment, and he straight up picks up and leaves. I mean, what Which can you do? Which is pretty brutal, but like, I I get it. Like, I get it, but also like, you were literally in love, you're getting married, you have a baby. But he picks up and leaves, so like, there's not much she can do about there. But she's already feeling heartbroken. The man that comes after her or ha- after him is this powerful vampire, and is like, "I'm going to take care of you, take care of your son, take care of our family." And then she gets pregnant again, and he straight up disappears. So she's like, "I'm done with love. This is not for me." And this is why she's in this situation. Doing what she has to do to survive for her family. Yeah. So I mean, we get it, Elise's mom, but also like. Maybe we could have made just one or two more better decisions. And for me, it's not even like her past decisions. It's her decisions that like in the later series that I was like, seriously. So she's able to overpower him, drink his blood. Later in that afternoon, she encounters Dante in her room and her and Gabriel make some kind of joke and Dante gets pissed off because he's, you know, some big dragon and he needs everybody to fear him. And he decides to show her how powerful he is by taking her. And flying her out into the middle of the sky in his dragon form and dropping her in the middle of a storm because his power is making uh, lightning. And Gabe flies out there in his half form, catches her and takes her back to the rooftop. Whisks her away. Whisks her away. And they have this sweet moment. And she's realizing at that time that she's way in over her head. And she has no fucking clue what she's doing. And she is literally a little tiny vampire taking on... Four of the most powerful men in, mm-hmm. oh, Alsteria, whatever the city's name is that I can't remember. Alestria. Alestria. <laughs> and so he sees her like tearing up and he's gay and he's having this sweet moment. He's like, the stars sent me to get you. Um, this moment is important. And they end up hooking up in the tent that he lives in on top of the roof. And my heart was just like, poof, poof. So it Bridget, was good because I know wait, wait, Gabe. Wait. Because you've asked me this question before, what uh-huh. does hooking up mean? They forkety fork fork fucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, they made some sweet sweet love, like <laughs> sweet. <laughs> so I mean, You're it was lucky I didn't take a full sip of water when you said that. I would have spit it everywhere. Look, I am a big fan of Gabriel. And the reason my heart was beating at this time is because I know I read Zodiac Academy first. So I was introduced to him in that series. And I know that he has a wife and I know that he has a baby. So I was like, oh, my God, is this her? Is this her? Is this it? Is this it? And I know that he has, you know, a mate. And I was like, can this be her? Who is it? Is it she? And she already said the stars had made this moment important. So my heart is already booming. And then the next morning. He has a vision that, you know, he has a vision of her with black rings in her eyes. And she's like, shit, this is my mate. Yeah. Silver or black? Silver. 
in my head, I just immediately think of Darius and Tori and I'm like, it's black. Um, So he has a vision of the divine, the Elysian mate symbol, which is the silver rings in their eyes. And he goes from like sweet, lovable Gabe to complete freaking asshole. And he's like, he's telling her all this. And she's like, I don't know about that, dude. Like, I just met you. I'm just starting off my life. And she thinks such an asshole. That, can we wait? Can we just pause for a second and talk about Gabriel being such an <laughs> asshole? I was not expecting this behavior from him. And Me I was either. so mad at him for like the majority of the series because of this he i it's so hard because you know i love him and then i love an asshole not a asshole but you know <laughs> but we know he loves assholes not a softened asshole either <laughs> so no gabriel likes assholes no, we know he likes the back door <laughs> but i have a hard alert. time reconciling Zodiac Academy Gabriel with Ruthless Boys Gabriel. Like, to me, they were two different people. Like a a BZ Which, before Zodiac and an AZ. I mean, IZ in Zodiac. There's just, I don't know. I did not care for his behavior either, Hilda. I was very mad. I'm like, you are not the man that I've come to but know. But over love. time throughout the series, did he make up for it? Yeah, he did. Or were you still kind of stuck on this one moment? Well, it wasn't so, just, this is not just one moment. Well, I think this first book, he was very childish. Like, he straight up went, very like, bratty. kindergartner, like, I like yeah. a little girl, I'm going to tease her. So, I don't want to spoil the end of this book, but at the end of this book, I was like, oh, maybe there's light at the tunnel. But then the start is book two, he was on the same bullshit as this scene, essentially. So, you know what? He really, he, he annoyed me in the series. And we know that I love a good asshole. We know. <laughs> okay but like i he just this is the reason why gabe is not on my lists this might be the reason he has made it because now i know he you know is fully dynamic he's not just ah, that's true but yeah good old big brother he just he really he really annoyed me with this he really he did, but at the same time, it allowed me to open my heart to others, like my little Leon boy. Love him. Your little ray of sunshine. My little ray of sunshine. I do I feel, do. though, just reflecting on Leon and kind of like rereading this book, I do feel like here he was a little more serious. And then as the series, the Ruthless Boy series progresses, he gets a little dopier in a loving way. Does that make sense? Like right reading it, I was just like, oh, Leon, you're more I can you're see more that. cool. More cool Leon Knight. And then he gets, and he gets like, goofy. Goofier. You know who also took a similar track like that? Seth. But like Seth went from like Ugh. complete raging asshole who was a bully. I don't even want to say like he's a bully. He full on like assaulted them and then flipped around and became whatever he is. I, I don't like Seth. I don't like Seth. I like Leon. And I know everyone thinks they're the same person, and they can be, but. No, no. Leon is like your top shelf, top tier. Seth is like your Seth your well just, drinks. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's not. Seth, Seth he's hasn't. Not Seth has not grown up. And I think that that's really apparent. I'm so jealous of your martini, by the way. Um, I am drinking now a um, espresso martini. Yes, I have a. Truly strawberry hibiscus margarita style. Oh, it's a hard seltzer. I have water. I really need a Shannon. 
<laughs> to whip stuff up. To whip up. He's like, you recording tonight? I'm going to make us espresso martinis. And I was like, yeah. Mama likes. Well, Shannon, I'm, I need you to like think about us three days in advance and then make the like assemble ingredients for Hilda and I and then ship it to us. Yeah, I'm just going to yeah. ship you like mason jars. This is what you drink on this recording night. Then you drink this on this recording night. Actually, this you is know what I thought happen. about him the other day? It was national. Um, what is that drink that he makes for Christmas? Coquito. <laughs> it was National Coquito Day, and I was like, Shannon hmm. makes Coquito? Oh, yeah. Some and people would have bought it that. Like that. <laughs> you know where I remember this? Because I remember you walked into work with a bottle or something. Because yeah, someone was like, someone I really it want him, him to make me some, and you gifted it out. And I was like, what the heck? How do I get on this list? Yeah. Yeah. People want totally didn't to make go. any this year. We just got a little, I think, like too busy. Anyways. Okay. So Gabe pissed us off. Let's continue. Gabe pissed us off. So back to Elise, she goes back into her normal everyday situation at school where she's running circles around these four kings and they literally don't can't even keep up with her. I feel like I she did have her first session with her counselor, which is Mrs. Nightshade. I think her name is. I bring this up because she does become important at the very end. She's also a siren, right? I want to say yes. I think so. Or I Cyclops. No, she's definitely a siren. Oh, no, I think she's, she's a, siren. a siren. She's something that like absorbs off of because basically she's been trying to get Elise to talk about all her deep and hard emotions, and Elise is trying to hide it because nobody knows who she is technically. Um, so she gets pissed off and flees the session. But she does have a few more sessions after that. After she talks to Titan and they come to an agreement that she's going to try to behave and go to the session so she doesn't get kicked out of school, but she's gonna keep everything to herself and she feeds her misinformation so she makes it seem like she's really depressed because she lost her dad or something versus like losing her brother so she's taking a little bit of those emotions and re-channeling it's a different story yeah because so elise grew up in the strip club and old sal is a siren and so i yes. think she learned how to get around siren power that way yeah, and she also like ran into Ryder on her way to the session because he was coming out. So they had a little encounter. You know, we love a good encounter, or at least I do. I know you guys aren't fans of Ryder. Oh, Caitlin I, loves him. I like I'm the one. At he this is, point, did you love Ryder? No. No. No, but I saw the potential. Yeah, you were definitely like, ooh, Dante, ooh, Leon, blinded Actually, by all- the stars. Uh, for me, it was those three. Those three back and forth constantly. Gabriel, I'm like, ugh. At this point in the book, like I know, I'm pretty sure it's because you knew Gabe as like good Gabe, and then I you got a taste of bad Gabe, and you're like, I know, mm, no way, no. Elise is running circles around the guys. She has classes. I feel like with every single class she's in with them, um, she's sitting with Leon trying to get information about um her brother because they were roommates, and she finds out that there's this like, how would you consider like the black card? I think he calls it a cult, right? Like a yeah, secret I would society. Say it's, a it's a secret society, basically a cult. And so during one of the classes, he feeds her, she feeds him chocolate and he basically starts opening up and talking about it and how his roommate got involved and that this is a society. So she finally gets a lead into what she needs to be looking for. Next class, she gets paired up with Ryder and they're having their little back to back. They get sucked into vision. Dante gets pissed. You know, the usual. They are literally fighting for her attention left and right. It's kind of comical. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting um, to read. It is. And I kept wondering who she would end up with. Because now I know she hooked up a game. At the time mm-hmm. I was reading this, I didn't know what the heck uh, my choose meant. So I was just like, ooh, we're going to sample everything. 
I have a confession about book three, which I will confess to when we get there. Sadly, I know what this confession is because I know I was reading it right after you. Um, Why do I not know what this confession is? Hilda has I, zero patience. Is what this confession is. Yeah, she she oh. also couldn't comprehend what um right right right. I'm this remembering genre now. of books was and I'm remembering. Yeah, and so yeah. Um, so we know that Elise is basically not basically. She is poor. She has zero money. She what she showed up in her backpack to school is what she has overall. So she takes a job with the Kiplings, and part of her task was to distract the administrator so they can make a run for it to do a job to bring in more contraband into the school so they can sell. And Dante finds out she's going on this job and decides to tag along, and she burns a dick into the pitball field, which is kind of funny. Um, I got a good laugh out of it. And the two of them interacting with each other, it feels very buddy-buddy. Mm-hmm. And I love when her, Dante, and Leon get along together because I'm like, you guys are just the three amigos because him and Leon are besties. I know. I can honestly hear him say Fratello. <laughs> or Leone. Yeah. <laughs> what What is the word for asshole? Stronzo. Uh, stronzo, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I learned so much Italian. You mean Fay Italian? Fay Italian. <laughs> What's the difference, really? In one of Titan classes, Leon decides he's going to make his move and he asks Elise out to the dance. And in order to get her to open up to saying yes, he offers her cherry gum. And Ryder immediately becomes pissed. Dante like walks over and he's like, What's going on? I want to be involved in this. And Gabriel becomes a pissy party of one. So. <laughs> They're like, what? You're just going to give her gum? And she's going to say yes without realizing that she's been in need of gum. So that's one thing about Leon. She just really likes cherry-flavored gum. She does. And, you know, Leon, all his little Mindy's give him everything he'd ever need. So he's going out of his way to make sure she has things. And she's basically, you know, getting the special treatment for Mindy. Yeah. Well, from Uh, her Mindy. We could all benefit by from that, you know? Like, I'd love a group of Mindy's just grabbing me shit that I need. Oh, it would be so It'd be nice. great. I'd be like an assistant. Mm-hmm. Multiple assistants. So Dante's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm I'm I want to go to dance with you. How about I offer you a ride on a dragon's back? Which is his back. And he makes a joke about that because you know, bareback. You know, you get it? Yep, yep, yep. If yep. you didn't get Say it, you this. didn't get it. <laughs> I got um, it. Um <laughs> also- oh, okay. <laughs> if you did not know in the world of Solaria, to just bring it back. Um, riding on a dragon's back is completely off limits. It's considered, I don't even know if it's considered illegal, but it's no, definitely frowned upon. No, it's against the upon. dragon code. Yes. Yeah, against the, dra- the rules of the dragon guild. So it's pretty rare. Like, no one rides you because it makes them no more, I feel like if they said Like a pack no, animal. Like yeah, a, a pack or animal. Yeah. And then Ryder being Ryder, he's like, I will offer you my razor blade. Like, what? <laughs> and Gabriel just walks up. He's like, wait, what's going on? He finds out and he's like, ugh. You guys would want to date her, even though he like literally just banged her and then told her, you're my mate, but we're not going to let that happen. So Gabriel's jealous. Moral of the story. Jealous um, and mopey, I feel like, is what you could basically chum up the rest of the book is oh. Gabriel this is was, jealous and mopey. This was part of the reason why Gabe, like, he pissed me off. I'm so upset at him. I'm going to call him Gabe. He, he, he was a mopey up like until him. like... The third or fourth book. Maybe it was the third book. How many books are there in the series? Five? There's five. 
we know why he was mopey till the very end though of that i one know book. i know but but it's like, I felt just bad i i don't know i guess because we met mature adult gabe which to, is perfection by the way he who's great and to just then meet like childish petulant gabe i was not compared i was not prepared for that no i like to say this is the gabe that needed to grow into the man he is that we grew to love so i'll, yeah, I'll take him when, but when you love them when you love the man should you have to put up with the child after you've met the man as someone who's married i would say yes it's <laughs> <laughs> not wrong She's and not this wrong. is why i'm single <laughs> <laughs> so yes <laughs> Um, Gabe continues to be an asshole the next day and he or I think it's later that day to be honest who knows everything's just kind of blur um, during the line she goes up to her and he immediately gets her to pay attention to him and she falls into this conversation about this tattoo that she has on her wrist or her rib cage and it matches something that he has on his wrist and he's like making her get absorbed into everything she, uh, he's saying to be complete dick he shakes up an orange soda and sp- as she goes to open it because she's like oh i get this gift from him and explodes in her face so this is the game we hate just to follow up with another instance but she runs off to the dorm rooms because she's all her and she's feeling some type of way i think it was really like the last straw that broke the camel's back for her in this like couple of weeks she runs into a writer and she's crying and writer says the words that every girl falls in love with who hurt you mm. Ryder. This ha- Hilda's face is like, nah. No. He just like this. doesn't do it for me. So a couple days earlier, Ryder had actually confronted Elise and was like, hey, I want you to be mine. Be mine. And she's like, no, I'm good. Because if she chooses Ryder, that means she immediately gets in the shit list with Dante. So she doesn't want to choose. But obviously, right, he's so made it known. Right the gang. It's the Jets and the Sharks. She can't exactly. choose. Exactly. So he takes her back to the room and lets her embrace her pain and tells her she's beautiful for the pain that she has. And she doesn't need to conform and be who she's not and blah, blah, blah. And, you know... You know, the words are dark, but we're loving it. You know, we like a man that can feel the deep things. Mm-hmm. That's not always sunshine. So <laughs> I don't even need to look at Hilda's face to just know. <laughs> In her um, liaison sessions with Titan, she, you know, gets really close with him. He seems like a really good professor. He really seems to care about her. Um, she has multiple with him over the course of the semester. And he basically tells her like you need to be careful with these gang members because i don't want to see you get hurt and he kind of continues to guide her throughout the semester um and she tells him that she's got this covered but thank you for you know being concerned and they carry on their merry way um i still think titan is that professor from buffy the vampire got giles yes in my head he looks like that even though in the book he's not described like that I didn't watch Buffy, so I'm just like, mm. I know. I, I danced a lot, and so that was like prime Buffy time. Sense. So I wasn't yeah. home. Like, you know, I, it would have been like me popping in a tape to record. Because, like, <laughs> this is you true. You know what I mean? Like, it was this is yeah. effort required. Maybe TiVo. Like yeah, the TiVo. First generation would, TiVo. I don't, I don't think we had that at that point. <laughs> well, it's on demand now, so you can always watch it. Um, there ends up being a gang fight in the middle of the lunch quad and it obviously is between Dante and Ryder um, and their gangs and Elise gets hit by a fireball because she's standing off in the hill to watch it as she gets hit by the fireball Dante realizes that she's hurt he storms off even though he should be finishing the fight 
and he gathers her up, takes her back to the room, and he heals her, and they fall asleep together underneath his bunk. And the next morning, things start to get a little frisky, and Gabriel walks in the door as she's rolling out of the bed, and she's like, I don't want to continue this. I can't continue this. And, of course, Gabriel gets pissy. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, Gabriel. So later that day, she finds out where the black card is meeting, and she runs into none other than her roommate's best friend, who she's been having lunch with, Daniel, and she realizes that he has joined this black card um, call, and she's still trying to figure out how do you get in, what is it. She ended up stumbling upon their meeting site and she saw a bunch of them in the robes basically like chanting and stuff like that she's like this is weird um and then as soon as they leave she runs back away because she's still trying to figure everything out Gabriel goes off campus he meets with his friend bill i don't even remember what kind of order bill is but bill seems I think to be Bill's someone a who's cyclops yeah if i'm remembering correctly he's kind of like your cheesy private eye you're cheesy well like not cheesy but like scummy i think i was just saying oh you mean like your classic typical like in the movies private eye yeah yeah yeah. you know he has like the gray suit that doesn't really fit properly he's like more like you're a little homeless yeah i was just saying like yeah i pictured him more like sal from better call oh no saul from better call saul yes but grungier i think um but very like in my head, very stock character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little shady. Yes, he did uh, like his hookers, but you know, mm-hmm. we can blame him. Yep. So he, I was about to call him Sal after that. So Bill is there to give him some information that um, what's his Gabriel has him looking into the bar that they get there at gets um, I don't want to call it a hit and run, but it gets attacked by the rival gang. I, I think it gets attacked by the Ascora gang. Gang. Hmm. And because the bar is in the brotherhood section. And so he gets hit on the way of fleeing. And when he gets back to the academy, Elise stumbles upon him. And she ends up giving him all of his her power to heal him. And they have a steamy moment. Can't, I think they kiss or they don't kiss. I don't remember exactly. But Dante walks in on them. And then they kind of like whoo, go their separate ways. But so moments close. like this make me think that Gabriel was right about the EM moment. Especially like reading Zodiac Academy first, knowing how much of a pull Ryder, not Ryder, Darius and Tori had and how much they hated each other and they kept getting pulled back together. I was like, this is it. This is it. It has to be. So I was like team Gabriel and Elise, even though he was an asshole. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Well, you know our thoughts. Um, Elise keeps having more cute moments with literally everybody, all four of the kings. She runs into Dante at this boathouse that's on campus they have a few words about what it's like to be you know dante and his gang and his dad who died at the hands of writer's dad and you know it's not a life that everybody can live and you know secrets were shared cute cute moment they have a couple so, cute moments in the boathouse but cute i mean sometimes they're very steamy also Mostly we just yeah, but yes it's getting there the next literally we come up i don't even know if it's the next day or next week the days and time periods for this is a little wonky because you just hop into the next event. Um, we're at the dance. So it's dance day. Elise starts freaking out because she's like, I can't go to this dance. I have no money. I have no clothes. I'm not going to go. I'm going to go bail. The morning of the dance, uh, Leon confronts her in the cafeteria. Cafeteria. 
And he presents her with a present. And what is the present? It's a dress and some killer heels. And she's like, oh my God, I love this so much. Like, I'm definitely going to go to the dance. And as she's getting ready for the dance, Ryder texts her and is like, now or never. Because she knows she's basically drinking all of their blood um, because that's the bad bitch that she is. And Mm -hmm. she zooms off and she goes into the quad and she drinks Ryder's blood and they have a steamy moment. And then Ryder gets going because he can't go to the dance. He goes off campus and gets jumped by his rival gang. I think it's Dante's uncle who captures him. And Dante's uncle uncle offers him a deal and is like, I want you to kill someone that's on campus. And then I will give you the location of Mariella. Yes, it was like Mariella. Mariella? Mariella. I was like, Mariella. Is it Mariella? It wasn't Um, Mariel. It's M-A-R-I-E-L-L-A, according to my notes. But who knows? My notes are not always good. That just could be how Bridget says it. So this woman captured him when he was a younger person. I want to say he was a teenager. After I think he was his like twelve, yeah, I was going to say like really early teens, preteen times, and kept him captured, tortured him for like the longest period. He wasn't even on emergencies order yet, and like poor writer, it was really but sad. He's- been on the hunt for her so he offers up the location if don not dante if Ryder agrees to kill this person and we don't know who the person is that's all we know so like Ryder's part of the story has come to an end for this book and so we're back at the dance and leon um runs downstairs he runs into at least and they're off to the dance um let's see he takes her to the wailing well before they go in and the murder hole <laughs> the murder hole <laughs> Um, yeah, the murder hole. Because someone had fallen down and then, like, some bullies had bullied them. And you can still hear the hear wailing, apparently. The wailing, yes. It was very Moaning Myrtle, but it, in I a thought whale. the same exact thing. I was like, yeah, a this whale. is the Moaning well. Myrtle well. <laughs> the Moaning Myrtle well. Which, I mean, it does, there is callbacks to, what, the sixth book, fifth book, I think, with the wailing, with who's in there. No? Yes. Bridget got I mean, me. yes. Yes. You mean the last book of the series? Yeah. Yes. It does come back it into like, play. It does come back into play. Yeah. yeah. Which I appreciated. Um, so, yeah, I, we're know, at the murder hole. Love a connection. <laughs> and so Leon presents her with another gift. Like, Leon, who knew you had so many gifts to give? And she pulls out two <laughs> little <laughs> Two coins that are engraved specifically. One is of, I think, a monster. Yes, because he calls her his furry little, little monster. monster. Little monster. So cute. And then the other one is Leo because he Leo she shortens lion. his name to Leo. And he's like, that's not my name. But she still calls him anyway. So it was like a cute little. And so he wants them to have these coins to throw into the well. And she's like, wait, no, I don't want to throw our coins that you made me into the well. How about we just swap them? So... She has his coin, the Leo, and he has the monster coin, and they'll keep it forever. Leon, why are you so cute? It's my baby. My baby. <laughs> um, she ends up in the locker room with him, and she gives him a locker room BJ. A mind-blowing locker room BJ. I just reread I that part, and I was like, ooh. This. Oh, you don't remember? You should go reread it. Yeah. Yeah, you I, should. It yeah, was good. Should. It was good. It's quick. Oh, poor yeah. Leon. But yeah. I mean... <laughs> Things happened, and before he could even turn on the lights, it was wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And he was mind blown. 
and cockblown. I think he, so. she used a little bit of that vampire speed, you know, like yes. Orion likes to oh. use, and that. She's really like, let me show situation. you what my aura can do. Yeah. <sighs> good for him. Yeah. Also good, good for, for her. Yeah. They return to the dance and she immediately starts, you know, we're reading it from her perspective, I think. And she's starting to act a little crazy. And we're like, what is going on here? And she confronts Cindy, Cindy, Cindy Well, Poo. doesn't she run into somebody? Not yes. yet. So like, there's a confrontation because I think Cindy Pooh dumps an entire drink. All right, so her. she's in the dance and she runs into Dante and Cindy Pooh is there. And so, or maybe she met Cindy Pooh and Dante before they went to the Wailing Well at some point. But they encounter them and um, she's like, oh, Dante, you look really good. And Dante and her have like an eye moment and Cindy gets jealous and then they go their separate ways and then they reconvene in the dance again and Cindy is pissed. And she doesn't know why she's pissed, but she dumps like a drink on her and then Elise kind of goes like off, hit, like her. I feel like a Elise's bit. anger she had at losing her brother came full force at Cindy Poo in this moment. Like whatever she had, just came right up to the surface. Right, it was like her. at first I was like, okay, the anger is justified because you know Cindy Poo's a bitch, left and right. And from what we know with how she was a Gareth, I was like, this girl deserves it. But then Elise went a little extra, and I was like, is Elise high? What is going on? Turns out she got um, drugged at some point. I think like someone like checks her, like checks her in the shoulder and she's like, what the hell? And then she thought she felt like a pinch. I remember reading this being like, oh, no. Yeah. So she gets drugged. It wasn't a pinch. She felt like she inhaled something. That's what it was. It's inhaled. Inhaled? I thought she got. Yeah. I think it was inhaled too. I know it was like during this this time period that like things were starting to go down and Mm -hmm. you know then she felt it coming on because she like inhaled something she felt it coming on and then she was high and then she started going crazy with her and um she takes down cindy poo and she makes everyone call her or she makes herself like cindy call herself cindy poo instead of cindy lou her name's cindy lou yeah Yeah? in my head it's just permanently cindy poo cindy poo um so the fight is over she Dante takes her and takes her outside and then is like, what's going on? Are you high? Because, you know, he doesn't like with his cousin dying from kill blaze. He gets really upset about it. And he's like, are you on drugs? Like, what's going on? This isn't like you. And so he goes back inside to get her water and leaves her all alone. And then someone captures her. You know what I don't remember, though? Where the Mm. fuck did Leo go? Like, where was Leon during all of this? Not with Elise. I remember he was there for part of the dance, and then I feel like he was I, like, "Let's go somewhere. I'll meet you there." And she got distracted. No. If you recently read this book, let us know because I am blanking. Gabriel also sees her during the dance, and he's like, "This is off. What is going on?" And then at the end of the dance, or right after the fight, he has a vision, and he sees her being captured and taken to this weird place, and he doesn't know where, and so he immediately starts looking for her. And he's, like, begging the stars to give him another vision to find her. Meanwhile, she's getting taken off to this random place in the woods. She opens her eyes. She realizes everyone's in hoods. So she, I don't know if she connects at that time, but it's a black card. Um, but she, there's this cabin and this person that comes up and their faces keep changing. And she thinks that's the king, the other king that she's been looking for that's involved in her brother's death. And they're basically getting these phase to sacrifice themselves to absorb their magic. And we come to find out that these kids are led there based on the recommendation of Nightshade, 
their counselor. So these are kids that are already feeling um, depressed and suicidal and giving them, and then they get hooked on kill blaze because she's singling them out and then they get captured for the sacrifice and their, their power must be given willingly in order for whatever ritual they're doing. Um, so Gabe comes and fights them and sacrifice or saves her. And then he takes off and that's just basically how in. the book ends. Just swoops in, sac- takes her. And at that point, I was like, wait, wait, I need to open the next book. What's going on? And you could because the next book was out. Yes, this entire series (laughs) is done. So, you know, you can do that back to back to back to back. And I feel like this series more than Zodiac did that where like it would end on like a – I have to finish this – at least this scene in this This moment in time. It's the scene that gets me. I feel like Zodiac would end and just like complete the whole scene. Like everyone would say their piece, we we would end on a cliffhanger, but it not a mid scene still... cliffhanger, right? Not a mid scene cliffhanger. There we go. I'm struggling to explain that. Yes, so and they do a lot of that, a lot of that. This one, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I being that unwell is because my Kindle couldn't download one of the books enough. fast enough. So I was like, ah, what happened? Yeah, as soon as I get to like the last couple chapters, I mainly go on Amazon and download the next one. So it's. You know, queued up, ready to go. Ready to go. Yeah, I need to go read book two now. It is a fun book. You know what? It's a fun series. It's a fun series. It's complete. You know what you're going to get at the end, whereas in Zodiac at this moment in time, we are still waiting on now book nine to come out to complete the series. In my innocent defense, I did not know what I was getting myself into. (laughs) Yes, and we blindly followed you. (laughs) I mean... I feel like I've presented worse series to you guys. Uh, yes and no. Oh, Bridget liked Demon Queen Trials. <laughs> I liked the last <laughs> book. So. Second book, trash. First and third, you know, it, there was a potential for more. Well, side note, you know our friend, Listen with Brit, she just started reading Little, Little Fires. And I was like, you have to I let that too. Up. And Did you guys I, warn her? No. I didn't mind she liked it. it. I liked it. What's wrong with you? <laughs> she liked it too. So I went back on my Goodreads because I was like, there's no way this is the same book. There's no freaking way. And then I go, like, I looked it up on Goodreads and, I was, and it marked it as read, but I didn't apparently like rate it because back in the day I was just like reading books and not writing them because, you know, I felt bad okay, reading so, people's books. Okay. So in, in that series is defense. Book one isn't so bad. It's book two that is just weird. And I guess it doesn't make me want to read book three. You know what's weird, though? so I ended up DNFing book two. I I don't know that I even read book two. You know what's weird, though? Like, those two books had very memorable scenes to the point where – but they were, like, classic fantasy scenes where I couldn't remember if that scene happened in this series – an A yes. series that we read, or if it was in Little Fires. I was yeah, just no, going to say that. Little Fires, I feel like, picked and choose from all these different things and then made its own book. And if, even thinking back now, I'm like, was that this book? Was that Demon Queens? Was that Bridge Kingdom, which I read? And I don't know if you guys ever finished it, but I liked it. And we'll talk about it maybe one day. I still see it on TikTok. I don't know. Isn't it PG? It's good. Yes. PG-13. That's why I haven't read it. Yeah, you know me. The spice could be spicier. I need a, I need like hot sauce on my novels. (laughs) Maybe you take a little break. You do a little Katie Robert, then you come back. I need a good like build up. I need some like angst and then Mm -hmm. a good payoff. Well, I really enjoyed it. 
Anywho, back to Tangent, back to Zodiac. Or and Ruthless Boys. boys. Yes. Ruthless boys the so that concludes the first wrap-up of the Ruthless Boys series. You know we love it. You know we're in for the long haul because our friends, the Twisted Sisters, do not like a, a short series. <laughs> this is a, a six-booker, I think we said, five books. It's a five. It's five. I mean, it's pretty short compared to Zodiac Academy. Very Zodiac. short. <laughs> Yeah. The series that will never end is Zodiac Academy. I, I like. I'm convinced. But I'm also like, I don't want it to. I do, but I don't want it to. Like each yeah. each telling can end, but like I want more of Hale. I want Marissa. I want Hale tying up the heir's parents. I'm like, I want to read about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there is way more meat on that bone. Now that to go through that should be a um, novella that is yes. straight erotic. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Do forget Miss Willa's diary. I don't give a fuck about that anymore. Give me Kale oh, and his Miss Willa's diary. I like that. So we are going through the complete series of Ruthless Boys, and we hope you guys will stick around with us. Um, and we'll be back next time with episode two, Savage Faye. But before we go, just want to give a quick shout out to anyone who's left a review. We really appreciate it. So you can always go over to wherever you get your podcasts, but it helps us the most on Apple. So head on over to Apple, Book Talk Made Me underscore pod, or you know exactly where you're listening right now, um, and drop us a five-star review. We appreciate it. And of course, you can always slide into our DMs. I feel like in the past month, we've had so much more conversations with fans that are listening. We all jump in all the time. So sometimes Hilda will be having a conversation. I'm like, hey, it's Caitlin. Bye. And then I bumped myself out of this conversation. But we love hearing from you guys. So please don't forget to slide into our DMs. We will respond. Yeah, we'll we're really great moral support, especially if you need if you need to be walked through the Zodiac series. Or any series, to be honest. Or any series, really. That or if you have discussed. a series for us. Uh, in, one of our good friends, Renee, is always recommending good books for us that we're going to look to add to the schedule soon. And, you know, one day we'll get to Crescent City. Yeah, <laughs> it's on the schedule for March for May. So it we is. have we have deadlines at this point. Honestly, I keep waiting for the deadline though because I want you guys I to get know. a fresh take. Uh huh. We're gonna have a fresh take. Up. Scoot it up. Well, then yeah. you know we'll scoot up the recordings then, so that way you guys can get a fresh take. Fresh takes a hot take. Fresh. Take. I really. Gotta- I just want. I just want a video of when you read the ending of book two. We'll get there. Sorry, that that martini made me yawn. The espresso is not espressoing. I was about to say, wasn't it an espresso martini? (laughs) Shouldn't you be like ready to go party? Oh, yes. Well, we're ready to party with you guys. So head on over to booktalkmeme underscore pod. Drop us a DM. Drop us a review. And we'll send you much love back. But from us tonight, that is it. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. 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 I had a fresh print stuck in my head.